Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We got through to verse 3 last time. Bit of a shock. Um, but like I said, I, I'll see what I can do to, to move this along. We're coming up to a section that we're going to take a couple of weeks. Okay, I'm sorry, but I, I can't rush through verses 4 and 5. But let me finish verse 3. Let me begin by reading verse 3. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3, the Apostle John, remember again, said, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And then he went on to say, and His commandments are not burdensome. We looked at the first part, and today we're going to look at the second part, where he says that His commandments are not burdensome. <coughs> and um, there are two different thoughts here. The first is brought out in what Simon J. Kistemarker says, which is the Pharisees and the scribes placed unnecessary demands upon the Jewish people of the first century. They added to the Ten Commandments hundreds of man-made rules that were burdensome to the people. Now, I want to stop there for a second because you might say, well, we don't have any Pharisees today. Well, we do. <laughs> okay? They dress in suits and ties and they get up in the pulpit and they, and they add and they add and they add to all the things that God said. You know, and then we end up with Gospels that are no longer freeing. They put people into bondage. Amen. And, uh, you know, we just need to be careful that we don't allow that bondage to get a hold of our life. Because, you know, there's one thing that Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. It also tells us, if you can't believe, it ain't possible. Are you all with me? You know, we really need to understand that if we can believe then everything will begin to work in our life. And, you know, we need to... That, that's the reason why I said, you know, even though we obey all the laws, and we need to obey all the laws, when, when our premier says we need to be doing this and that, we need to be doing this and that, we can't say, well, bless God, I'm not going to. Okay? <laughs> okay? But we also need to read into the rules and sort of see exactly what they're saying. Some people get too, you know, just overcautious, um, and they let fear rule. And we really need to be careful that we don't let fear grab a hold of our hearts. Because if we do, then what we do, we do out of fear, not out of just obeying the laws of the land and trusting God. Are you all with me? And uh, you'll understand why I'm, I'm, I'm harping on this a little bit, because we're coming to the verses that I've been announcing for weeks, <laughs> okay, uh, uh, that the Apostle John is going to get to about the victory that overcomes the world, our faith, okay, even our faith. So we need to understand something. See, we're, we're moving up to that point right now. And what we need to understand is we need to be careful that we are not allowing people to put burdens on us, all right? And I'm talking about the church, all right? Unnecessary burdens on us that then cause us, you know, I've, let me just, let me, let me pause for a second here. Uh, <laughs> I listen to stuff on the radio or, or you know, on, on YouTube and whatever, and some of the things I don't listen to it much anymore, okay? You know, there came a time when I thought, I don't need this, you know, <laughs> I have time for this. Some days you just want to watch something secular than that. You know, it's worse. The things that, the things that destroy your faith. Are you all with me? Amen. You know, some people say, well, bless God, brother, you should be listening to the word all the time. Yeah, it depends what word it is. If it's wrongly divided, it's destroying things in my life. Amen. And, and, it's, and it's bringing me to a place where I'm not believing, for, you know, believing God for the things because I'm too busy not doing all the things that I'm not meant to be doing. Are you all with me? And see, this is what they were doing. They spent so much time about what you can't do. They added to the Ten Commandments hundreds. So instead of just having ten things, do these ten things. And, you know, <laughs> when you do them, you know, 
Man has this ability of just kind of whittling his way through things. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, look, there's a hole there. There's a crack there. Uh, but it didn't exactly say this, so I can do And you know what? No matter how much you wiggle out of things, all you're doing is wiggling out of God's blessing and into a problem. <laughs> Amen? And so, you know, this is what the, 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 these people did, was that they added all kinds of things to what God said, ten things that God said. That was it. Ten things. Somebody once asked this uh, lawyer, <laughs> in the, this was in the United States, uh, had asked this lawyer, do, we, do you think we have too many laws? And I really loved the answer. He turned around, was it he or she, I can't remember, turned around and said, well, put it this way, God gave us 10, we now have thousands. But anyway, this is something that we really need to be aware of and be careful that we're not allowing people to put us in bondage when God is trying to free us. Are you all with me? Amen? So this is something that Jesus himself condemned and said in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 4. He said, for they, this is referring specifically to the scribes and Pharisees, he said, bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. You know, I was thinking about this and I thought, a lot of people don't realize there's not a lot of strength in your little finger. You all know that? Have you tried to move something with your little finger? I mean, that's it, your little finger. And it's like, no, forget about it. <laughs> you know, we're just here for looks. You know, <laughs> use the other four. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, it's very hard to do anything with this little finger. And it's really interesting. And I, as I was reading this, I thought, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying these people won't even lift a little finger, the one that hardly does anything. They won't lift a finger to, do, to help anyone. See, we need to be careful that the people that are telling us we can't do things and that preach to us things, you know, like a negative gospel in a sense, we need to have a look at their lives. Because, you know, I, I will guarantee you that they're not doing what they're preaching. And Jesus said about the Pharisees the same thing. He says, do as they say, because they sit in Moses' seat. In other words, they're in a position where they're, they're preaching God's word, but don't do as they do because they don't listen to anything that they say. They don't listen to themselves. Are you all with me? It's easy to put, you know, burdens on people when you are not doing any of them yourself. That's the reason why, you know, I always balance it. I always tell you, you know, you go to God, you ask God where your faith is and, you know, where he needs to, to come and make up the gap where you don't have maybe the faith to do something. And he'll help you with that. That's why, he, you know, Jesus said, be hot or cold, don't be lukewarm. Are you all with me? No gray areas with him, you know. <laughs> it's either black or white. Okay, let's move on. This is repeated again in Luke chapter 11, verse 46, where Jesus again says, this time addressing religious lawyers, he says, Woe to you also lawyers, for you load men with burdens. So before it was the scribes and Pharisees, now it's the lawyers. These are lawyers of the law, by the way, okay? He says, For you load men with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. So, you know, in direct opposition to this, Jesus says in Matthew eleven thirty. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you see that? He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Now, you know, I don't want to take time to, to explain this in detail, but let me just share uh, just cliff notes, okay? <laughs> All right? You know, when he talks about my yoke is easy, what they used to do in the past was that they would have, a yoke is something that you, uh, attach animals to that pulls something. 
Okay, that's the easiest way of putting it. Okay, it may pull or carry something. And so what you do is the yoke actually helps. So if, you know, if I'm trying to carry something and somebody comes alongside of me and they then uh, take that yoke, that beam, that balance, whatever, and put it on both of our shoulders, now somebody is helping me carry the load. Do you know what I'm trying to say? That's what a yoke was meant to be. But what the, the scribes and Pharisees did was they put a yoke on people's backs. They didn't get under there and help them. They just put more weights on it. So instead of, <laughs> instead of them sort of saying, okay, this is the yoke, but we'll help you. How do you help somebody carry a yoke? We'll pray for you. We'll believe with you. If you slip and fall, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, we'll intercede for you. Do you know what I'm trying to say? We'll try to make the path easier for you to, to, to walk. That's, you know, God actually said that to me at one point in time. You know, he said, you need to pray for people to be able to do the right thing. Because the enemy is doing everything he can to stop them from doing the right thing. And he said, your job is to pray. I said, what if they don't listen? He said, then that's their fault. Because <laughs> okay? So, okay. he can't, you know, he can't transgress your will. You decide you don't want to do something, well, you're not going to do it. Okay? No matter how much I pray. But the thing is that my job is to help you to do what you know is right to do. Without things getting in the way constantly. See, that's the way I can get, un get under there and help you. Do you all see what I'm trying to say? Okay, but these people weren't doing any of that stuff. Because all their prayers were for show. They were praying to say, look, I pray. And Jesus said, what you need to be doing is going, locking yourself up in the closet somewhere. And you pray in secret. Do you know why you need to pray in secret? Oh, I'm getting all over the place. Never mind, let's just go there. But the reason you need to pray in secret is, number one, you need to confess your sin before God. And you, don't, you will not do that in front of people. It doesn't make you look good. <laughs> okay? And number two, whatever you do as unto the Lord, whatever burden you carry on behalf of somebody else, God will reward you as long as you're not advertising it. Amen? Just the way he says don't give in public for everybody to see, he, you know, the same thing goes for everything in our life. Don't pray in public for everybody to hear. Don't be praying now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Sister Vanden is here. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that you just bless Sister Vanden. And you just look after her. And you just do amazing things. Are you hearing this? Okay. And <laughs> do you see what I'm trying to say? So suddenly, you know, she's kind of going, well, this is getting awkward now. You know, <laughs> you know. You'll receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a smart woman there. Okay. <laughs> so, but you see, that's the whole thing. So you do it in private because, you know, you, you intercede and you pray and you do as unto the Lord and you sow those seeds and then God will bring a harvest. Are you all with me? And then you look to God to bring the harvest, not the person you're praying for that they hear and they'll go, oh, he really likes me. I'll give him more money this week. Hello. Amen? Okay. That's how the Lord makes our burden easier because He makes intercession for us. Do you know that He is right now praying for us in heaven? Did you know if nobody else is praying for you, Jesus is? Did you know that? Okay. And that's why He says, and see, the thing with Jesus is, you know, He'll tell you, uh, He doesn't add to the burden. He will let you know what you need to do. And leave it at that. He won't add six other things to it. He'll just say, that's what it is. Now let me help you do that, <laughs> okay? Let me help you with it. See, that's what you want to do. You want to help people. You want to let people know what the right thing to do is, okay? And like I said, you know, it's very interesting. The first psalm in the Bible is all about the knots. You know, it's about not walking in the way of sinners or sitting in the seat of the scornful or so on and so forth. It's all the knots. And you're blessed for not doing certain things. 
But that's it. But then it goes on to say, but you know, whoever meditates in the law, and it goes on to give you the positive side. And that's what Jesus always does, you know. The, the word of God always says, okay, stay away from these things, but see, it's not about staying away, because if it's only about staying away, you're looking at what you're staying away from, and after a little while, whatever you look at, you'll start moving towards. It's a thing, <laughs> okay? Okay, I've given you a secret to life. So it's not, <laughs> it says stay away from those things, but look, move towards these things. So whatever you're looking to and whatever you're you know, looking at, that's what you will begin to move uh, towards, and you'll forget those things that are behind. Reaching forward to the things that are before. Does that sound like Philippians chapter 3? Amen. You, you just, you aim for the high calling. Hallelujah. And all the blessings of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, <clears throat> that's what, you know, Jesus again says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Now, so, this is again what the Apostle Joel bring, John <laughs> brings out when he says in the latter half of 1 John 5, 3 again, and he says, and his commandments are not burdensome. Do you understand now? You all get it? Okay. He's saying that, listen, the Lord's commands are not burdensome. I'm going to give you an insight into this. In his commentary, as we move into the next verse, okay, in his commentary, William MacDonald gives us a very interesting and unique perspective on this verse when he writes, when John says that his commands, commandments are not burdensome, he does not mean that they are not difficult, but rather that they are the very things which born-again people love to do. I really want you to think about this. When you tell a mother to take good care of her baby, you are only telling her what she loves to do. The commandments of the Lord are the things which are best for us and the things in which our new nature takes wholehearted delight. Did you all get that? See, can I just say this? You know, today if somebody, you know, walks into a shop, let me give you an example here. Somebody walks into a shop and they go, go on, steal that off the rack. How would you feel? I'd want to throw up. I'd be like, forget it. No way. Oh, look, nobody's going to see Go on, just take it. Do you know it's against our nature? We'd just be going, I just, I can't do it. You know what I'm trying to say? Well, I hope so. Oh, not enough people are nodding here. Let's stop and pray for a minute. No, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, you know, I'm just, I'm just showing you something here that I hope you're getting a hold of. There are things in our nature now that we just don't want to do. It's just offensive to us. It's kind of like, Wow. You know, I'd much rather shoot myself than go do something like that because, you know, I'm trying to, don't shoot yourself. All right. But you know what I'm trying to say? It's just like, no way. You know, because that's just something that it's just, it really isn't in me to do. You're with me. You know, and we don't realize that. See, that's the thing. We kind of move towards that area of godliness, and we don't even realize that we're moving further and further away from the things that you wouldn't have thought, you know, thought about twice doing in the past. I used to steal stuff all the time. I'll just tell you that much. I'm sorry, Dad. But you know, <laughs> they have to have to deal with it. You know what I'm going to say? So uh, where would you get all these pencils from? I don't know. They suddenly appeared. Mm. <laughs> you know? And uh, you know, I, I mean, I just, oh, well, I see it, I want it, I take it, and the story. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, man. I mean, I just steal anything inside. I'm so, I don't do it anymore. Okay, but, you know, but then came this new nature. Then I got saved. Now, my goodness, I'd throw up before I did anything. I just can't do it. You know, people give me too much change. When I buy something, I take it back and give it to them. 
unless I'm halfway home, you know, I'm trying to say, you know, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but the thing, <laughs> and usually you don't realize anyway, but, but the thing is that that's, that's the place that I'm in because, listen, because his commands are not burdensome because he meets all of my need according to his riches in glory. Therefore, I can do the right thing and be rewarded for it by him. I don't need to look to the store to give me extra credit because I was, I was honest. Are you all with me? So I don't look to people. I bless somebody. I don't look to them to bless me. When I bless them, I just bless them. That's the end of it. But I do look to God. I said, now you said. <laughs> okay? We, you know, he is my provider. Amen. And he walks on streets of gold. He can manage a few bucks. Amen. Okay, so, and that's the way I see it. I always look at him, and because Philippians tells us that, you know, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches that he walks on every day in glory. <laughs> okay, I added that bit in. Okay, it's a loose Roche translation, but you know what I'm trying to say. So, you know, <laughs> the, the things that God asks us to do, when he says do not steal, we go, of course we won't steal. You know what I'm trying to say? We say, he says, do not kill. Of course, I, you know, you, I, it just is, we can't. You know, so whatever you're telling us to do, we're already not doing. It's just like, we, we're already there, man. So what we see are the things that, in a sense, the commandments are there to let us know the kind of life that we're living now. Not to advertise it, but so that when we go to God, we can, we can go with a clear conscience and a clear heart and then believe and receive anything and everything from him regardless of the situations around us. Amen? Amen. Let's move on to verse 4, shall we? Because <laughs> I really want to. Okay, continuing on to verse 4 and 5. I'm going to read the two verses together, which are, I believe, two of the most powerful verses in the New Testament. The Apostle John now shifts his main focus from love and obedience. Don't say thank God, okay? <laughs> okay, those are really important. We are not, we, you know, even though he shifts his, his focus from these two things, we never take our eyes off those things. Do you understand? Because I told you, all of what we're going to talk about next is based on that foundation. You love, and you do what God tells you to do, and then you step into this. Are you all here? Amen? Okay. And the Apostle John now shifts his main focus from love and obedience to faith and victory. Hallelujah. And says there, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, For whatever or whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. He says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world. In the King James says, even our faith. Okay, it just says our faith. It doesn't matter which way. Verse 5, you have to excuse me. I have memorized this in the King James. It's really hard to read them in any other version. But I put other versions on here because it's clear for you. <laughs> okay, so forgive me if I add words that are not there. <laughs> okay, uh, and I have a, a few these and thous and thatats. Okay, it's, it's just where I come from. Verse 5, he says, Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, you know, there is so much in this. I, wanna, I don't want to rush through this. Okay, I'm slowing down now. Okay, is that okay? All right, because I really want you to get a hold of this in your spirit. Not in your head, in your spirit. Because this thing will only work if you get a revelation. Are you all with me? And I want you guys to have a revelation on this right now. This is the time to have a revelation on this verse. 
this is the, the you know, this is the season to get one of those, okay? <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I've said here, this is what made the Apostle John unconquerable. He did not only know this, he lived it. And now he shares this with wisdom with us so that we too can follow his example and live the same extraordinary life that he did. So let's look at what he actually says here, beginning with the phrase, the world. Since it is mentioned three times in two verses, you think he's trying to tell us something? <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. And in each case, it is something that we are to overcome. So he say, over and over again, he says this. I mean, three times in two verses. Come on, family. Obviously, somebody wasn't getting it. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> okay, amen. You know, we, we learned about repetition in school, you know, in English, repetition. Uh, repetition, repetition, repetition. We get it, we get it. No, you haven't. Okay? <laughs> That's why we're repeating it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in, <laughs> in the writings of the Apostle John, the term world or the world gener generally refers to Satan's worldwide system of deception and wickedness. Let me start with that. I'm going to give you a lot more than that, but let's start there. Okay? It is Satan's worldwide system of deception and wickedness. Deception to tell you that something is impossible and there's no way around it. Do you all hear me? When God says all things are possible and you don't need to get around it, I'll just blow it out of the way. <laughs> okay? I'm, just, I'm just telling you, you know, some days we just think, oh God, give me the strength to you know, climb this mountain. He goes, why? I can move it. Do you want me to move it? I'll move it. You know, it depends what you ask. Sometimes we ask wrong. And I don't know, the people, the silly things that people do when they come to God. You know, I heard a story about one guy that he was just, you know, he was doing really well. He had come from a place where he wasn't doing well. Then he started doing really well. And he said, you know, God, I think I'm just getting too it's kind of uh, worldly and, you know, uh, what's the word? Materialistic. That's the word. Okay. And, and see, he said, you know, teach me something, Lord. And so the next thing, and this wasn't the Lord. See, he opened the door out of stupidity because James tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from above. But if you, tell, if you say you don't want none of that, then, you know, all that God has to do. See, a lot of people don't get this. All that God has to do is take his hand off of you. And what will, see, what happens when you turn off a light? At night. <laughs> Let me clarify that a little bit, okay? If you turn a light off at night, you go, well, the sun's out there, dude. Okay, no, at night, okay, pitch black. You turn a light off, what happens? The, you know, it doesn't, the light doesn't go, okay, I I'm moving out now. The darkness doesn't go, oh, well. I, the light's gone. Do we go in? Let's leave it gray for a while. <laughs> Never happens. As quick as you switch a light off, it's dark. Have you all noticed that? Especially if you walk in the middle of a room and the light blows. And you go, oh, darn it. <laughs> okay? Because there's no, there's no grace, period. I mean, it's either light or it's dark, and that's the end of it. And so, you know, <laughs> this silly person said this, and guess what happened? When you do that, then you are walking in stupidity. And, you know, if God takes his hand off, and that's because you ask God to take your, his hand off you, all right? So he does, and guess what happens? Everything, it comes in like a flood. The darkness just comes rushing in. This person lost everything, came to a place where he hardly had anything, and then he said, sorry, you know, okay, Lord, I get it, <laughs> okay? And it took him a while to build back up to that. And then he got to the same place, and he started to utter the same words, and he thought, 
Actually, don't, don't do that, God. That, that's enough. <laughs> you know, I got it the last time. We will, let's skip that lesson this time. It wasn't him. It wasn't God. But you know what I'm trying to say? It's dumb prayers that get us in trouble. And then we blame God for it because we said, God, do this. But can I say this? Just as much as you can't tell God to kill someone, he goes and kills someone. He can't. Just as much as you want to say, God, lie to me. He can't. Do you know what I'm trying to say? There are some things he can't do. Do you know why? Thank God. He, <laughs> okay, I believe he just will not do it. Just like us. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, we have the same nature on the inside of us. I was going somewhere with this. And that is, listen, what you believe affects how you live. Amen? So we need to be careful what is, uh, you know, what's speaking into our lives. Whether it's adding to our faith and taking away from, or taking away from our faith. And the world is there to take away from your faith. It is there to deceive you. It will use everything in its power. You know, all the people that are professionals. Can I say that again? Professionals. You know, we, we don't need amateurs. We need professionals here. Okay. And then, we, and then because they have letters after their name, they obviously know everything. Don't worry about what God said. He just made everything. I mean, these people, they are educated. They've had four years of education. Don't worry about God has been there for all of eternity and put it all in place. No, no, don't listen to him. Let's listen to the person that got a degree, took four years and got a degree. And now they know everything. And if they say it's impossible, hmm, it's impossible. Deception. Are you getting this? And can I also say, do you know why it's wicked? Because it's out to steal, kill, and destroy everything in your life. Amen. How many times have you, you know, <laughs> can I say this? I have to be careful. Uh, uh, all right, let, let me do this the best I can. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, there was a time when we, we no, I can, I can go. It's a fact, man. You know, there's a time when we had to borrow money to, 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 to buy our building. And, you know, I looked at how much interest we were paying, and it was ridiculous. That is a wicked system that takes so much from you. Are you all with me? That it's, it's kind of like, why am I doing this? Are you all here? That's the kind of system that we're in. And, you know, that's why it's, it says it's a system of deception and wickedness. It deceives you into thinking there's no other way, and it's wicked because it just takes everything away from you. Whereas God brings the truth and brings the supply, brings the provision in with him. Are you all with me? Amen? All right, so let's move on. It is a hostile environment in which we live. I really want you to get, see, <laughs> why am I saying all of this? Because you overcome all of this. But you can only overcome if you know. You need to know to say, no, I will not be deceived. I will not be taken advantage of. Are you all with me? This is the victory that overcomes our faith, uh, the world, even our faith. We need to know to apply our faith toward that thing. So let me continue. It is a hostile environment in which we, we're talking about the world again, in which we live, but which, <laughs> but which we are not of. That's in John 17, 16. Remember, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Did you all get that? We really need to separate ourselves in certain times. We need to literally, in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit, we need to separate. And we need to say, okay, God, we're here, but we're not of this world. 
We're in it, but we're not of it. Jesus said, uh, you know, there, uh, did I have this? Yeah, in John 17, 16, I've got the scripture here down the bottom. He said something very interesting. You know, I love it. Very uh, uh, profound is a better word. He said, they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Do you understand when he said that, what he was saying is, I came from heaven. My home is heaven. My supplier is heaven. My power comes from heaven. And only heaven gets to decide what happens to me. That's why I said, I, lift, I take up my life, I lay it down. I do that. Nobody else can take it from me. Whenever we, as soon as we get saved, do you know that should be on our lips? From that moment on, nobody can take my life from me. Because in Colossians 3.3, my life is now hidden in God with Christ. Okay, And so nobody can take it. Only God has the say over my life. Something tries to come and take it away. You can stand there and rebuke the thing. Amen. Based on those scriptures, but we don't have time for that. Anyway, so, <laughs> all right. So again, this world is a hostile environment which we are not of. And even though God loves it, remember John 3, 16, for God to love the world. Listen, okay. And Christ died for it. There is an element in it that the apostle John identified as false prophets. That's in 1 John 4.1. Antichrist. In chapter 2, verse 18 of 1 John, children of the devil, 1 John 3.10, that has both rejected and hated the Lord Jesus Christ and everyone who represents him. Did you all get that? So there is, you know, as much as God so loved the world, see, this is where we have trouble now. This is where we kind of can get extreme and we need to be careful, okay? As much as we are here to save the world, we are here to minister to the world, we are here to be a blessing to the world. Okay, we need to understand that there is an element in this world. Do you all hear the word element? Okay, <laughs> there is an element in this world that are anti-God, that will come against you. And the thing is, there is a certain, the way the Apostle John puts it, you know, he, he kind of takes a step back. And I was really trying to get a, an understanding of the way he sees the world. And I began to realize something. He sees the world in two ways. He sees the world First of all, you know, there is an element within it that, is, that rejects Christ, rejects goodness, and just hates the body of Christ. Okay? But then there is an, you know, a more general element that is persuaded by the ways of the world, that have been spoken to by the world, that they have believed and received and walk in the ways of, that are contrary to us. They don't hate us. Okay? They just, you know, they much, they much rather sing a pop song than a worship song. Kind of a thing. No, I like pop songs too. Don't get me wrong. But you know, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? But their whole life is full of it. Okay, a pop song that isn't. Okay, that sounded bad. Okay, <laughs> all right? But that's all they want to sing, you know? And I've heard people, man, you know, especially those ones that sing the country songs. You pick the fine time to leave me, Lucille. <gasps> I'm so depressed all the time. I must stop singing that song. Dear Lord, you know, okay. Man, you know, you know, Elton John said it. You know, we love them sad songs. Uh, give me another one. <laughs> I want to really wallow in it. You know, <laughs> and, and, you know, as much as you might want to do that, God says, you know, stir yourself up. Not down. Amen. He says, you know, you, <laughs> you need to remember and remind yourself that you are God's children, that the Holy Spirit lives in you, that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, that, you know, there's angels that surround you. I mean, I could keep going on and on. It's just, he says, you know, you need to pick yourself up. You need to remember that you have faith to move mountains. Can you move them? 
<laughs> okay? Rather than sit there and complain about that. And, and that's what, you know, I haven't spoken to you about uh, confession uh, of late, but oh, re- re- remember something. I've got six thoughts going through my head. Okay, remember something that what you confess of yourself, you believe, you receive, will guide and, and will dictate how your life is lived. So if you say, well, bless God, I believe that I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. I've got the wisdom of God. There is not anything that can, they, anybody can throw in front of me that I, will, I won't get around. Because I know Joshua 1.8. I meditate the word so that I could do according to all that is written therein. For then, you know, I will make my way prosperous and I will have good success. I will have it. Are you all with me? See how this is, see this is stirring you up. Am I stirring you up? Tiny bit? Okay. Itty bitty stirring. Okay. <laughs> but you start to say that. And this is how you rise up on the inside. Because greater is he that is in you trying to get out. Amen. And we need to allow him out, family. Like I said, especially in times like this, we need to allow him out. Because he'll come out with such force, everything will fall out around us. Oh, we need that now. You know, we, need, we really need to get to the place where we're not falling, they're falling. For good reason. Okay, they're getting healed, not okay, in a bad way. All right, so I was going to read you how many minutes do I have? Let, let me finish with this. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 18, I really want you to get over it. <laughs> okay? Everybody goes, oh, everybody hates me. Okay, I'll give you a verse for that. let me help you in your depression no (laughs) listen man get over it understand that you know jesus said let me read john 15 18 he says if the world hates you you know that it hated me before it hated you did you ever see jesus walk around depressed the world hates me what i'm doing for god to love the world that i'm gonna die for it forget it man i'm not gonna forget it get somebody else you know a bunch of no (laughs) he never said that yeah, he was, he was always looking to bless people. You know, they're hungry, he multiplies bread. They're dead, he raises up from, from the dead. They're sick, he heals them all. Not just a few and the ones that deserve it. You know what I'm trying to say? This man lived that kind of life. Knowing this? Amen. He says, <laughs> I'm sure the disciples were kind of a little mealy in the mouth. Nobody's giving us meek offerings. I'm no one is going to appreciate nothing. We're going to do everything and leave our wives and go home. And because, hello. And Jesus says, hey, listen, if the world hates you, you know it hated me uh, before it hated you. Verse 19. If you're of the world, uh, if you're of the world, the world would love its own. Be happy. They're not loving you. There's a problem if they do. Hello. Yet, <laughs> yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Now listen, like I said to you before, remember we're talking about two different elements within the world. One element is, are those people that he identified as the children of the devil, literally, okay? And the other are all the people that have been influenced by the world. Okay, and then they're just flowing in that river, man. I mean, it's just going downstream, Right over a cliff. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? And you know, for us, it is a bit of a you know, paddle upstream. But we've got the faith. We've got a you know, motor on our boat. We don't have to row. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our little motor at the back. That's 6,000 horsepower. <laughs> I mean, the boat has trouble staying on the water, man. You know, I mean, it's so fast. Hell, it put wings on it, we'll be flying. You know, 
I am just so tired of people going, well, brother, I'm just, you know, rowing upstream. <laughs> Why? You know, because the whole world is downstream, and I'm just in there, you know, doing my best to row. Uh, brother, you want to get in my boat? It's a speedboat. We don't have no problems getting past all of this. Amen. That's a victory that overcomes the world. Amen. Even our faith. Okay. I have run out of time. We'll pick this up next week. Hope you come next week. <laughs> all right. Oh, no. Well, you know what? YouTube. Whatever. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you.